That's good stuff. Man, we're excited about today. Man, it's, it's already been a day of breakthrough. I love that last song that we did, that He Gets the Glory when there's a breakthrough. Amen. And so if you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're a part of the service. And uh, we've been in a series called The Good Life, and we all want to live the good life. And I, you know, and I kind of started this series with sometimes maybe the good life's not what we've been thinking or maybe what we've been trained to think it is. It's something better than that. And I believe that. I believe that God has something better for us than maybe what we've been you know, we've been sold. And, and so today, last week we talked about serving is the good life. And a lot of you guys filled out cards. There's cards in your uh, chairs today. You can fill that out. And we had a lot of people that said, hey, man, I want to live the good life by serving. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And many of you even went home maybe last week and you served your spouse or you served your family or you served a coworker or something like that. You found a way to put into practice what we're talking about. And so hopefully, man, you did that. And if you get a chance, man, share with us. We want to know how you're making a difference and how you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. But maybe you weren't here last week and you didn't fill out one of the cards. You can do that this week and drop it in the offering basket when it comes by. And we're trying to get our teams ready for Easter, but also for every Sunday. Because every Sunday is the Lord's Day. And we want to make sure that, man, we're serving people and we're letting people use their gifts for the kingdom. But today we're talking about living free. And that's, that's what our focus is today. The good life is living free. It's, it's, a, it's a life of freedom. You know, here in our, uh, our nation, man, we take that for granted, I think, at times. And, and we love to celebrate on certain days, like July the 4th. You know, we'll celebrate that. We love the, our, our military. We have so many military families represented here in our church. And we love these guys and how they fight for our freedoms. And I think at times we often take for granted uh, the, the cost of our freedom. But what is it about freedom that, man, we, we want it so bad. But yet, so often, even here in America where we have so many freedoms, people live in bondage. They, they don't experience true freedom. And, and Jesus, you know, he wanted us to experience complete freedom. No matter where we are, no matter what country we live in, we can have in, incredible freedom. And, and so I want us to look today and kind of unpack a, a passage a few to today that, that Jesus came to set us free. He didn't come for us to live in bondage. He didn't come for us to, you know, to live, you know, trapped or entangled. And, uh, you know, and those things, that, that's how we often live. Jesus came to set us free. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, there are certain things that can kind of push my buttons a little bit. And uh, there's things that, you know, you can literally, uh, that, can, that can be a source of frustration. Does anybody know what this is? That's a source of frustration. It looks like a clothes hanger. But it gets hung on everything, doesn't it? I mean, you go to pull something out, and you pull three or four things out. And I don't know about you guys, but there's times you just want to pull them out and just throw them on the floor. Does anybody ever want to do that? Or it's kind of like going to the ice, ice maker, and you go in there, and you, you might as well just go ahead and get a couple pieces of the ice and just throw them on the floor to get it over with, right? Because you're going to drop one. There's this little source of the frustration, and it can kind of keep us captive a little bit. Uh, there's a funny scene in the Money Pit. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Money Pit with Tom Hanks. And, uh, but there's a scene in there where he's trying to coordinate getting with the, uh, the, the inspector. And he's on his way and he gets off the phone and he takes a couple of steps and he goes into this hole where he kind of corkscrews into the, into the hole of where the carpet just kind of goes into the hole. And he's sitting there and he's all constricted and he's just all bound up. And of course the, the inspector shows up and he's in there, you know, playing word songs or word games or whatever. And, and he's, and anyway, he's going, I can't holler. I'm constricted. My chest is constricted. The guy goes, I hear you laughing in there, you know, and anyway, he goes off tearing up the, you know, the permit. And so the thing is, is man, when we're bound up like that, you know, man, that's not freedom, right? And too often what we do is we live our lives just bound up in other ways, you know, and, and maybe we're not stuck in the floor, but we're stuck in life. And Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundant. And so that's the good life. That's the good life is to live a life of freedom. 
So look at what it says here in Luke. This is the very first sermon, if you will, that Jesus did. And he's talking about freedom, what he, what he came for. And so when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. And the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. There's, there's the good news. And so Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and he's, he's acknowledging, hey, I am what God has promised. I'm what the Father has promised. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. And the time of the Lord's favor has come. And so there, there's places where Jesus would talk about freedom and they would be like, man, we're not, we're not captives. And Jesus is talking from a spiritual, spiritual point here. And there's a lot of you in here that would say, you know, man, Mike, I live in America. Man, we, we live in the land of the free. We're not captives. You know, I can sleep as late as I want to. I can go anywhere I want to. I can do whatever I want to. But I'm just telling you, Jesus is saying, listen, you're missing what it's about. But he says that the, he says the captives will be released. The blind will see. I'm sure there were people going, all right, he's talking about just the blind people. He's talking about everybody would begin to see the things the way God sees things. And that our eyes would be open. You know, one of the things we pray every week is God give people eyes to, I mean, ears to hear and eyes to see what you want to do and what you want to say today. And so Jesus is saying, listen, their eyes will be opened. The blind will see. Now, physically, he did heal people. He would literally put spit mud in the guy's eyes and and he would he would be healed and be able to see. But but it's also being able to see the things of God that the oppressed will be set free. There's people that were living oppressed, man, that they were literally in bondage and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. It is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So Jesus did not set us free for us to live in a, with a yoke of bondage or to live in, you know, bound up and, and man, going through life, not living the good life, but to live this life that, man, we're just kind of muddling through, we're just kind of pushing through, you know, and th- you know this is not the life that God intended for me, but this is all I got type mentality. Jesus wants you to live free. And too often what we do is we don't live free. And we're bound up by different things. And some of those things we even invite into our life and some of those things we kind of hold on to. And God has said, listen, I sent my son to pay for those things so that you didn't have to live in bondage to them as a captive to those things. So Jesus came to set us free from the control of sin. I know there's many of us that will sit here and say, well, you know, I'm a sinner. And that's right. We are all sinners. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And so here's the thing. We were in need of a Savior. That's why Jesus left heaven, came here, and literally bled out his precious blood on a cross is to pay for the sins that I would commit and that you would commit. You know, whether it's greed or jealousy or anger or whatever it might be, Jesus died for those things. And so once we have literally died to, to sinful, the sinful life, we say, hey, you know what? I'm set free. But too often we see Christians, people that claim to be followers of Christ, that continue to live in this bondage. So why is it that someone who says, man, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I'm a believer, but yet they continue to live in, in bondage to sin? You may choose it, but you're no longer a slave to it. So he, Jesus came to set us free from the control of sin. It says in Colossians here, it says, you have died with Christ and, and, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world? So what Paul is asking, hey, listen, you've been, you've been set free. And there's times I look at Christians and I'll hear people talking and I'll, I'll say, why in the world, you know, you claim to be a Christian, you claim to be a follower of Christ, 
then why do you continue to live in this pattern of sin? And I think what it is, is too often what we do is we've had way more input from the world than we have from God's word. And we have way more input from the sources around us. Maybe it's people's opinions. Maybe it's people that aren't believers. You know, we'll give ear to someone who doesn't even know Christ. And we'll go, well, I'm going to ask them for their opinion because they're older or they're whatever. It doesn't matter if they're older or not. I mean, if they don't have the spirit of God living within them, they could give you bad advice. It's only led by the flesh. So do we give ear to God's word? Do we give ear to the spirit or do we listen to the things of this world? There's so much social media influence. There's so much news and media influence in our lives. And even books that we will read, we'll pick up a book and read it. We don't know if it's Christian or not. We don't know if there's any biblical basis for this book. It's just somebody's opinion. And we'll go, I mean, this book said that author wrote it, so it must be true. Well, this is the book that's true. And too often what we do is we're inundated with all this other information. And we give very little time and effort, if you will, to being in God's word. But yet we, we want to be free. And, and we're, we're, being sold, we're being sold something by the world that leads to bondage and leads to, to, to being uh, captives. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See, our sinful nature, this flesh that's hanging on us, man, it desires the things of the world. That's why we have to crucify the flesh. We have to die to self. And we have to say, God, I need you to, to guide me. So what happens is many of us will get up. We start our day. We'll jump up. And, you know, the alarm goes off. We turn it off. And many of you guys will hit snooze many, many, many times, which drives me crazy. I can't even understand why somebody would do that. That's like torture, I would think. And, and so then what we do is we go get a cup of coffee or either we go get a shower and we take off into our day and we get in, you know, we kind of get everybody together, get them ready. And then we're driving to work and people are cutting us off and we're probably using language we use, shouldn't use. And, and then we're mad and we're frustrated and, and you left late, you know, and uh, maybe one minute late and it seems like there's more traffic than it normally is. And, and all of a sudden you're a little bit late and then your whole day is kind of off to a bad start rather than get up and maybe meet with God, spend some time in prayer. Maybe let God speak to you through his word. Read a few verses of scripture. Ask God to speak to you and then ask the spirit to guide you. And so uh, look at that. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. In other words, we get up, we spend time with God. If, even if it's just for a few minutes, you're setting the tone for your day. You get up, you spend some time praying, you spend some time reading God's word. And then here's the thing, you work on the application of that scripture. It's a blessing to read God's Word, but man, the real blessing is whenever you apply that Scripture. And you begin to believe that. And you go, God, thank you for speaking to me this morning. And then we say, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide my steps. I want you to guide me today. I want to live for you. And so what we do is, man, we go, you know what? The the Spirit is guiding me to focus on Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. The Holy Spirit is going to point everything towards Christ to glorify Him, to make much of Him. And the more that we spend time in God's word, the more that we spend time focused on God's kingdom and God's plans, we realize, you know what, man, this really is the good life. And so what we often do, though, is we live like this. We living our life for Christ is not about sin management, but about becoming all that God redeemed us to be. A lot of times we're, we're focused on the things that maybe we've messed up or we've done wrong or, you know, and we, we've got this, this list of how I've got to outweigh the, the bad with the good. If I'll do enough good things, then maybe God will love me. Listen, God loves you. With a heart, man, you can't even get your mind around. He loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And we're always trying to manage sin. We're trying to, ma- and what we really need to do is just focus on what, on, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And then what we say is, hey, listen, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me today. I want you to give me the right words today. And I, I want you to give me the right actions today. And I want to be focused on the kingdom of God and the things of Christ. And here's the thing, we're going to take these, take care of these relationships the way we should. 
But too often we're always trying to manage sin. We're going, hey, am I good enough? Does God really love me? I messed up again. I've blown it. I've, I've screwed up. And we live in bondage to trying to manage our sin rather than saying, God, I confess my sin and I'm letting it go. And I trust you to save me. I trust you to heal me. I trust you to forgive me. And so here's the thing. We're getting close to, to Good Friday, which represents, you know, the day that Jesus went to the cross. And, and if we can get our mind around the fact that God loved us so much, man, he gave his only begotten son that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And that when we put our faith in what he did on the cross, he changes us. He changes us from the inside out. And so this passage here says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. In other words, they were living a life of bondage. They were living a life, you know, caught in the sin and could not seem to win, could not seem to to get ahead. But yet Jesus came. He convicts us of our sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. That's a good thing. We confess our sins. And it says that he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. So when we confess it, we're confessing, God, this is sin in my life. And God, I want to quit living this way. That's repentance. And when we do those things, he says he washes it in the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. He washes us in the blood of Christ, washes us clean. And there's power in the blood of Christ. Some of you guys may go, that's so gross. That's so beautiful is what it is. God would send his only son to bleed out his precious blood to pay for the sins that you and I owed. We have a sin debt. And God said, hey, listen, I love you so much. I'll cover you. I'll wash you clean. And and so when we look back at this, we go, I'm I'm different. See, there, there really needs to be change. If you can think back to the moment that you put your faith in Christ, you surrendered your life and you said, Jesus, here I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not much, to, but here I am. This is, I'll, I'll give you everything. Then the, the Bible says that he places within us his Holy Spirit. He seals us with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. We become his child. We become co-heirs with Christ. We're part of the family of God. And so therefore I am a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so there should be change. And, we, and, and the people around us should be able to look at us and go, you know what? He's not like how he used to be or she's not how she used to be. I was talking to someone this past week and we were talking about a guy in our church. And they said, you know what? Man, every time I get around people that knew him whenever he was younger, they always tell me, Pastor, you just don't know how much that guy has changed. I mean, he is like night and day. And see, I don't know anything about his past. I just know that he loves God. He serves God. And he's trying to be the man that God's created him to be. And so that's the man I know. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know the past, but here's the thing. The other people around him do. And I would just say this. There's people in your life that know you. And do they look back and go, man, they are no longer the way they used to be. They are changed and transformed. There's something about them. They may not, they may not know exactly what it is, but they know that you've been changed. And if not, then you need to ask yourself, man, have I ever really been saved? Because there's a lot of people that are religious. And there's a lot of people that go to church. But there's really never been a change or a transformation that's taken place. When we baptize people, we give them a shirt that has this on the back. It says, forever, for, forever changed. And so they, the, what they're saying is they're going public with that. Say, man, I'm dying to this old way of thinking. I'm dying to this sinful nature. I'm dying to these things. And whenever they come out of that water. When I watched, when I watched uh, my, my buddy Danny come up out of the water a few minutes ago, I looked at Lori. I said, that makes me smile. It makes me smile. Seeing that guy come up out of the water. You know, because that is symbolic of he has changed. You know, there's change in his life. And so I would ask you, is there change in your life? Have you been changed and transformed by the power of God? Is there a change? And there should be. There should be some type of change. And so Jesus came to set us free from the shame of guilt. 
You know, here's the thing. Too often what we do is we live as a, as a captive of guilt. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. That leads to healing. That leads to change. That leads to transformation. But the thing is, is too often what we do is we feel guilty about our sin. And so what we should do is we, if we feel conviction, then we confess that to God that it is sin. He washes us white as snow. He cleanses us, right? And so we go, you know what? God has taken care of that. I confessed it. He has forgiven me. That's what God does. He forgives. And so, you know what? I'm going to forgive myself. But too often what we do is we have the enemy going, you know what? You messed up. You blew it. Can you, I can't believe that anybody would do that. How could a Christian or how could anybody do what you've done? And so the thing is, is we begin to live in guilt and, and Satan loves to kind of put a, a wall around you. He loves to try to pin you in with that. And he loves to keep you as a captive to, in shame. And what we've got to do is we've got to go, God, if you've forgiven me, then I am forgiven. If you can forgive me, then I've got to forgive myself. And there's too often what we do is we keep hearing, you know, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. And what that is, is that's the enemy telling you. He, he's feeding you a bunch of garbage. God, this is what we need to understand about God. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. I mean, can, can you can you understand that? I mean, I know we talk about it like I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Hey, but do you understand that God loved you so much that he gave his son so that he would bleed his precious blood out? Any parent here think about what that's like to say, you know what? My kid is going to be a sacrifice for the sins of the world. My son is going to bleed out his precious blood for those that don't even like me. I mean, that's how much God loves us. And so he said, hey, listen, I love you, man. And if you get your mind around that. So God's not about guilt. God said, hey, listen, about grace and mercy. And he said, hey, listen, if you'll just trust, if you'll put your faith in what my son has done, I'll, I'll set you free. And you'll no longer have to live a life full of shame and guilt. But you can walk in freedom. And so that's what Jesus has done. He has showered, God has showered, it says this, He has showered His kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. So God's given us understanding of what Jesus has done. And hopefully if you're here and you understand what Jesus has done, meant you're changed. And you're not walking around in bondage, but you're walking around in freedom. You didn't wake up today and just put on another coat of shame, but you said, you know what, man, I'm walking in freedom today. I'm walking in freedom. That's what God has done for us. The enemy works to keep us in bondage. That's his job. He'll love to remind you of your past. He loves to tell you what you've done wrong. He loves to say, you know, I can't believe that you did that. And he always wants to point those things out. You know, and I've heard this before. You know, when Satan reminds us of our past and what we've done, remind him of his future. See, he knows he's defeated. He knows that Jesus has authority over all things. Jesus has defeated death. He's defeated grave. He's defeated sin. He's defeated all things. And he has authority over all things. And Jesus said that he has placed his spirit within us. And so, therefore, we have an authority. We have a, a power at work with us, within us that, man, we, we, I think, sometimes don't take, we don't understand. And kind of like our freedom, we take it for granted. And we've got to go, God, help me to understand. And the only way we do that is by spending time in God's Word. The more we begin to understand the promises of God and the power of God, man, we're going to go, you know what? I've been set free. And I'm no longer able to continue to walk in this bondage. I've been set free from that. And so I'm not going to pick this up and put it on again. I'm going to walk in that freedom. And so Jesus, Jesus went to the cross to set us free. So the enemy is saying, hey, listen, let me keep them in bondage. Let me keep them tied up. Let me keep them weighted down. Let me keep them in shame. And Jesus said, hey, let me set them free. Let me let them really live. 
Let me let them walk with peace. Let them, let them have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, and self-control. Let me give them those things. That's what Jesus is offering to us whenever he died on the cross. And too often what we do is we take the other. We listen to the world. We listen to the enemy. And then we put on this, this coat of shame. I, lo- I love this passage here out of Psalms. It says, he has removed our sins as far as, as the east is from the west. Now, I don't know if you know about that, but that's a long way. That's as far as you can go that way. And that's as far as you can go that way. And so God has removed the sins that we have confessed to him and repented of as far as the east is from the west. And so when we come to God with that same sin, then we go, God, you know, I want to ask you to forgive me of this that I confessed the other day. And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. That's covered with the blood of my son. You're washed clean. Don't let the enemy lie to you and think that you have to continue to continue to continue to do the same thing over and over. My son went to the cross once and for all to pay for the sins of the world, past, present, and future. And here's the thing. Once you confess them, once you repent, he says, you know what? It's gone. Now, what Satan constantly says, hey, listen, you remember that sin? You remember that sin? You remember that sin? But God says, hey, listen, it's gone as far as the east is from the west. And so I love that, man. What a great promise. And Jesus came to set us free from the pain of resentment. Sometimes we walk through life, man, resentful, bitter, angry. And and look at this. I love this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. In other words, we've all messed up. We've all blown it. And so whenever we sin and we, we all will, we were all born of that nature. We have that sinful nature about us. We're going to sin, so therefore we are captives of that. But Jesus can set us free. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ by faith and we say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you bled out your precious blood. I believe that you washed me clean. Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I believe that. And so, Jesus, I'm confessing that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. When we do that, it says that we become part of the family of God. We are adopted into his family. And we become co-heirs with Christ. We are a child of the king, right? In other words, we become part of that family. We're not just a part of the family church. We're part of the family of God, the church. And so we get invited into that. And so whenever we become a part of that, we're free. So if the son sets you free, you're free, right? You're, you're completely free. You're truly free. When we hurt others, we feel guilty. In other words, when we do stuff, we feel guilty. And, and, and we, what we do is we have to confess that. We have to oftentimes go and ask God to forgive us. And then we have to ask that person to forgive us because we have hurt someone. So when we hurt someone, we ask them, hey, will you forgive me? What I did was wrong. And the toughest thing sometimes is to admit we're wrong. Say, hey, listen, I was wrong. I want to ask you to forgive me. So when we hurt others, we feel guilty. And, and so at times, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction about something. Once we do that, it's gone. Now, the enemy will try to make you feel guilty forever. But we feel that conviction. We know how hey, you know I need to confess this. Let me take care of that. But when, when people hurt us, we feel resentful. And so there's some of us in this room or some of you watching online. You've been hurt by somebody and they've hurt you deeply. It could be a family member. It could be a, a mother or a dad. It could be a brother or a sister. It could be an aunt or an uncle. It could be anything. It could be your spouse. It could be your children. You know, it could be anything. And so what happens, though, it could be, you know, it could be a coworker. It could be somebody that you thought was your best friend. And they did something that hurt you deeply. And so what happens, and I'm just telling you, that, that, is, that is everywhere. It could be that you're, you're toting around this resentment because you, you've been hurt. And you feel justified in your pain. And, you know, you're living as a captive to your pain. So instead of walking in freedom, 
you're living as a captive of this pain. And you go, I can't get over it. You can get over it. But here's the thing is God said, hey, listen, you know, I understand that you've been hurt. He goes, I know what that's like. He said, but you've got to be willing to forgive them. You've got to be willing to forgive. And sometimes what we do is we like holding on to our resentment and our bitterness and our pain and our anger. And we like to use it as leverage and sometimes to beat them up with. Or maybe sometimes just to, 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 to justify the hate that we have. But what we have to do, if we're a follower of Jesus, because, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, getting up and meeting with the Father, letting the Holy Spirit guide us. That's what Jesus did, so we should follow that example. Jesus also said to forgive. Jesus went to the cross and bled out his precious blood so that he could forgive the sins of the whole world. And so if we're really followers of Christ, we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to forgive as, as you've forgiven me. And so there may be somebody that you're holding a... A grudge or a bitterness or an anger towards them, some resentfulness in your heart, some bitterness in your heart, that you gotta to choose today to forgive them. And that's tough. I can remember years ago, I was at a church and we had a lady that uh, her daughter <clears throat> had been murdered in a horrific way. And um, I can remember being in the church at the altar i was the part of the prayer team that day and they gave the the altar call and I, I saw her coming down the aisle and she's just weeping just bawling and she comes up and uh and i walked over and i said hey I said how can i pray for you i said what's going on and uh, she said i've got to forgive him and i'm sitting there in, in in my flesh i'm supposed to be here ministering to her i'm thinking whoo that's gonna be tough this guy had had raped and murdered her her daughter and as I'm, as I'm listening to her pour out her heart, I'm realizing, you know what, this is supernatural. This is the power of God at work in a lady's life. And I'm just telling you, to forgive someone who's hurt you so deeply, it is supernatural. The flesh can't do it. And if you're sitting here and you're, you're, you've been toting around this resentment, this bitterness, this anger all these years, it may be, maybe you don't have the Spirit of God living in you. Because I'm telling you, it takes the power of God to be able to let that go. And so when this lady gets up and she turns around and she has this huge smile on her face, I was dumbfounded. She comes down the aisle weeping broken. But what she did was she left something at the altar that most of us would hang on to for the rest of our life. And she said, I've got to lay it down. And she laid it down and she turned around with a smile on her face and she walked back to her seat. What are you holding on to? What, what is it that has hurt you so deeply that you continue to hold on to and it holds you captive? And I'm just telling you, God may be saying, hey, listen, it's time for you to forgive. Bitterness is a poison to the soul. We hold on to this bitterness and what we're doing is we're just, we're just poisoning ourselves. Every time we, you know, we go through the day and we think about this and we want to bring it up. We're just poisoning our own thinking. And I, and I, I did a whole series on the battle of the mind. And so it may be that you need to go back and listen to some of those things in there. But the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, God, I, I need you to help me get control of my mind. Help, I need you to renew my thoughts, God. And so day by day, moment by moment throughout that day, you may have to say, God, I want to forgive. 
And, and I'll just say this. There, there are times you have to forgive over and over and over. Some of you would even say, well, I don't know if you've truly forgiven if you have to forgive over and over and over. Well, the enemy loves to come, you know, try to hit us with these thoughts. And he tries to remind us of these things. And, and, and they're painful. But that's his job. He, he's, he's launching these fiery darts at us. And we have to say, God, I'm taking that thought captive. I'm putting it at the foot of the cross. I, I'm leaving it here. And you may have to do that over and over and over throughout the day. And then it'll get easier, and then there'll be a point where you realize, you know what, God has taken care of this. But you've got to start by forgiving, and you may have to forgive over and over and over. But God wants to set you, set you free. God does not want you living a life full of bitterness. Jesus came to set us free from the lies of the enemy. We just talked about that. That's what he does. He loves to lie to us. He loves to tell you, you'll never get over this. You'll never make it through this. You'll never, ever be healed. You'll never, ever be able to handle this. And I'm just telling you, he's a liar. He's the father of all lies. That's what the enemy does. And so we've got to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to the enemy. I'm going to listen to the one who died for me. I'm going to listen to the one who, who has set me free. I'm going to listen to the one who has redeemed me. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, for many of us, like I said, we go through the week. And we get just a little bit of God's word. Maybe it's you know word on the way with you, you know with uh, with Caleb or something like that. Or maybe it's what you get in here. But I'm just telling you, we've got to be in God's word. We've got to know what God's word says. We got to know what Jesus' teachings were so that we can follow it. And look at it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what will set you free. And so whenever the enemy hits you with a lie, you go, you know what? I know that's not truth. I, I know what God's word says, and I know that that is truth. And so when he hits you with that lie, you go, that is a lie. And Satan, get away from me. You know, get away from me. We've got our, our, our mind protected by the helmet of salvation. We have the Spirit of God living within us. We're spending time in His Word and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us with the Word of God. And so we're, we're, we're set free. We don't have to live in bondage to these lies any longer. We know that our old sinful nature, our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives and we are no longer slaves to sin. I mean, that's Scripture. But too often we go through life because we don't know what Scripture says. We go, man, I'm just an old sinner. You are an old sinner. We are all sinners. But if we are believers, if we are followers of Christ, if we have surrendered our life, then we're, here's the here's thing, we're a new creation. The, the old life is gone, man. The new has come. And there is authority. There's power in my life. Not because of anything I've done, because of the righteousness of Christ, because of the blood of Christ, because of me surrendering my life to Christ. There's freedom. And so I'm just telling you, that's what God is offering to you and he's offering to me. And too often what we do is we choose to listen to the things of the world rather than the word of God, the things of God. And so we're no longer slaves to sin. We don't have to live like that. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Have you been set free or are you living in bondage? Have you been set free or are you living in bondage to shame or to guilt or resentment or whatever it might be? And that's not what Jesus died for. I, I, I want to experience all that he, 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 he died for. I love this out of Ephesians here. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. What that's saying is that the time of evil is coming. It, it's not like, hey, if it ever shows up, but it says, hey, it's coming. There's going to be a battle and we got to be prepared for that battle. So he's in our military. They constantly train, train, train. Just in case, just in case. And when it happens, and it's like, hey, you know what? It's not a question of whether or not it's going to happen. It's just when. 
Well, we are in the Lord's army and we need to understand, man, we need to put on the armor of God every day, every day. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. In other words, the battle's coming. But man, we're not going to get knocked down and we're not going to be taken captive. We're going to be standing firm on the word of God, on the truth of God's word. We're going to know that we are free. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. The belt of truth is the, the truth of God's word, right? The truth, the promises of God and, and the righteousness of God. Here's the thing. The righteousness of God is the righteousness of Christ. You know, I'm not righteous by anything I do. Even my best deeds, my best works are garbage. It's what Jesus did on the cross whenever he bled out his precious blood. It's what Jesus did whenever he defeated, the, he defeated death, the grave, hell, and sin. That is the righteousness of Christ right there. And here's the thing. Whenever God looks at me, he looks at Mike and he goes, here's Mike who is a sinner. Here's Mike who is messed up. Here's a guy who is broken. Here's a guy who needs a Savior. And he sees me for what I am. But when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I am covered by the blood of Christ. And the righteousness of Christ is applied to my life. And what God looks at is not Mike and his brokenness, but Mike and his redemption. Because Jesus has been applied to his life. The righteousness of Christ has been applied to me. It's the only thing that makes me worth anything. And it's the only thing that makes any of us worth living. Is whenever we realize it is the righteousness of Christ, what Jesus has done, that makes us right with God. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In other words, man, you want to have the peace that passes understanding. And you've got this peace, man, because you know the gospel and you know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And it's only through him that we're able to be made right and in right standing with God. And because we know that and we have put our faith in that, man, we stand firm and we have peace no matter if the battles come and they will come. We have peace in the midst of that storm. So we're prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. In other words, my faith is not in me. It's not in my deeds. It's not in, it's not in religion. My faith is in Christ. It's in Jesus. And Jesus can put out anything that the devil puts my way. And so my faith is strong. My faith is in what Jesus has said. My faith is in the teachings that Jesus taught us. My faith is in what Jesus has accomplished. And so it said, put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So I'm putting on the, the helmet of my salvation. And that protects my mind from the enemy. Because the enemy is going to try to literally hit me with these lies. And, and I know that, you know what? My, my faith is in Jesus Christ. And it's in Him alone. I know that I'm a child of God. I know that I'm a child of the King. I know that I am redeemed. And I know that I'm going to be changed and transformed in the image of Christ. And I know those things. So no matter what comes at me, I can lean into the promises of God. So let me ask you, do you have the helmet of salvation on? Do you know the word of God and you know how to use the weapon that God gives us? Second Corinthians three seventeen. for the Lord is the spirit and where the, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There's freedom. See, I believe the spirit of the Lord is here in this room. I believe the spirit of the Lord is in the room where somebody is watching us today. And what he's doing is he's doing spiritual surgery. I believe that God is literally doing some spiritual surgery in your heart. And he's saying, hey, listen, you're holding on to resentment. You're full of bitterness. You claim to be a follower of Christ, but yet you listen way more to the world than what my word says. And I believe that I believe that God's Holy Spirit is bringing conviction today in all of our hearts, and I believe that He is wanting to work. And I believe that where that has taken place, there's freedom. And I believe that God wants to set some people free today. I believe that there's some lost people that are going to be found today. They're going to they're going to find Jesus today. So maybe what we ought to just say is, say, God. 
Start with my heart. God, let me be the one in here today that you're doing spiritual surgery on. Because I've been living in bondage for way too long. And I want to be set free from sin. I want to be set free from shame. I want to be set free from resentment, from bitterness. This last one, and I love this because I think too often what we do is we live in fear. And God does not want us to live in fear. He says, I've not given you a spirit of fear or timidity, but a power and a sound mind. And so we, we get that by knowing the promises of God. And so I think a, a lot of times we, we worry about fear and we let fear drive what we don't do. And we let fear, you know, keep us captive. And so we often live as a captive to that. But I'm telling you, for the believer, for the follower of Christ, the one who has put his faith in Jesus, we don't live in, in fear of death. I mean, that just means that we have taken that next step into the presence of God. And we literally are living in, in God's presence. And that's what we all hope for. Look at what it says here in Hebrews. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. So Jesus came and became one of us, right? So he, I don't know if he had clothes hangers, but he understood frustration. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he, but, I, you know, he worked in a, a carpenter shop, so probably hit his finger, and he knew what that felt like. It smarted. You know what I'm saying? It kind of hurt. He knew what it was like to have his back ripped open by the cat of nine tails. Because that's what they, you know, that's what happened to the, the criminals that day. He knew what that was like. Jesus knew what it was like to have a, a spike driven through his wrist there on both sides and through his feet. He knew what pain was. And he knew what it was to have to lift himself up to breathe you know, because that's how the Romans killed everybody, was they just died of suffocation up there. They, they, would, they would get to the point where they, they literally didn't have the strength to pull themselves up to breathe, to take a breath. So he, he knows what we deal with. He knows what it is to be rejected. Everybody ran away. He knows what it is to be spit upon, but yet he forgave. And so Jesus knows what it's like to have this flesh and blood bodies for only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death see death has been defeated the grave has been defeated and so do we live do we live like that as believers or do we live in fear of death now i'm not saying to go out and be an adrenaline junkie and jump off buildings and do stupid stuff i'm just saying you know what i'm not afraid of dying so when i breathe my last breath here i'm breathing my first breath of heaven you know, and however many days God has given me, we read it all the time in the newspaper. This person lived to be this age. Maybe it's way up there. Some people die young and we go, man, you know, what a tragedy. But God's got our days numbered. And, and so we've got to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not afraid of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. See, God doesn't want you to focus on dying. He wants you to focus on living. He wants you to focus on living free. He wants you to focus on experiencing the abundant life that Jesus died for us. The Bible says it's appointed unto man uh, once to die. Let me just say this. Everybody in this room will breathe our last. We will die at some point. Everyone is a guarantee. Right? Now, some will be old. Some will be young. Some, some, you know, some of us will be by accident. Some by old age. We don't know. But the thing is, is, you know, these bodies are designed to break down after a certain age. Kind of like, you know, your refrigerator and some of that stuff, it seems like. About once the warranty's gone, it's over with. But we are designed to break down. That's what God's Word says. Whenever you get together with all your old friends and you start talking about how all your ailments and stuff, it's just the fulfillment of Scripture. That's what these bodies do. And so we will breathe our last one day. And so do you know where you're going to go when you do? Because if you know where you're going to go when you do, you don't have to live in fear of death. You don't have to worry about the unknown. 
Look at this next one. God doesn't want you to fear death. He wants you to know him. And see, when you know him, you don't fear death. When you, when you know him and you have a personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ, man, you don't live in fear. You don't live in shame. You don't live in resentment. You don't live in bitterness. You live with a, a heart that has been set free. And you know, and you should be different. It should be changed. So here's some, here's some, uh, some encouragement right here. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. We read about his grace a while ago. There, there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So maybe you're here today and you go, Mike, Mike, I need God's grace today. He's offering it. I need to be set free today. He's offering it. And so all you have to do is receive it. And you receive it by faith. Faith in what Jesus has done. And so the most important thing you could do today is to truly live the good life is by surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and you go, man, that's what I need. Well, then surrender your life to Christ. You know, don't negotiate with God. Just say, God, here I am. I give you everything. I mean, I'm not much, but this is all, all I got. I give you everything. And what he'll do is he'll take you and he'll place his spirit within you and he'll lead you and he'll guide you and he'll use you to do great and mighty things for his kingdom. And you will get freedom. You get to, you get to have the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Man, those are the good things. And you begin to live the good life. And it's not about accumulating stuff. It's about making a difference for the kingdom of God and being a blessing in the lives of other people. To spend time daily with God's Word so, so I will know the truth. So maybe that's your next step. You go, you know what? I'm going to start spending time in God's Word. I'm going, to sp- I'm going to spend a few minutes every day just reading a few scriptures. And I'm going to let God's Word change the way I think. I'm going to let Him transform my mind. Put on the armor of God daily. I think we should do that every morning. I think we need to be prepared that we're putting on the armor because we know the battle's coming. And we don't know what that battle's going to be that day. We may get blindsided that day, but you know what? We were standing firm. To walk and live in true freedom. I mean, that's what God wants us to do, right? Jesus has come that we might walk in true freedom. And so let me ask you, are you living in true freedom? Have you experienced true freedom? And if not, then what's keeping you from being willing to say, God, I want what you have for me. I want the best. I want the good life. I want to ask everybody just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're watching online, you can, you can join us. You can even get down by your, your couch or whatever. Get on your knees if you want to. But I, I believe that there's somebody here today that needs to be set free. There's somebody watching online that needs to be set free. You've been living in bondage. And Jesus died. He bled his precious blood to set you free. And Satan has been keeping you captive. And you're listening to him more than you listen to Jesus. You listen to this world more than you listen to the promises of God. And so today, I want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're listening online. And you realize, man, I need to be saved. I've been religious. I've gone to church. I keep trying to fill this empty spot inside of me, and I just haven't been able to do it. But today you realize, you know what, man, it's by putting my faith in Christ and believing with everything that's in me that He can save me, that He can set me free. And so right where you are, I just want to encourage you. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I confess that to you. Jesus, I confess to you that I have blown it. I have messed up in so many ways. Jesus, I'm confessing that. And I want to quit living that way. That's repentance. I want to turn to you. And so, Jesus, I confess my sins. Your word says you'll forgive me. I want to, I want to repent. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. And so, Jesus, will you come into my heart? I'm inviting you to be the leader of the Lord of my life. Will you come in and lead me? Jesus, will you come in and set me free? And his answer is yes. His answer is yes. If you just prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. 
Like I just prayed to receive Christ. Do I see your hand right here, brother? Anybody else? Anybody else? I see your hand back there in the back. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to freedom, to true freedom. True freedom. I see you in the back back there. Welcome to the family of God. Enjoy the freedom. It only comes through Jesus. Maybe you just did that online. If you don't mind, message us or, you know, on the chat. Maybe say, speak, talk, tell somebody. Let us know. We want to walk with you. We want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to, we want to enjoy celebrating your freedom. In just a minute, the altar is going to be open. There, there's a lot of Christians in this room. I believe are living in bondage. And maybe like the lady who walked the aisle in tears. She finally went and laid something down, let something go. She walked away with a smile and freedom. See, Jesus didn't die for you to continue to be in bondage. He wants you to be free. Free indeed. So as the worship team, they're they're fixing to sing. As they do, I want to just encourage you to come to the altar. You can get down at your seat. If you're watching online, you can get down by your couch or chair or table and leave it there at the altar. I trust the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. I trust Him to literally set you free from guilt today. Set you free from resentment today. Because you're going to choose Jesus. I want to ask everybody to stand. Worship team is going to lead us. You respond as the Holy Spirit would have you lead.